This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. And uh, the All Blacks, as we know, wrapped up their rugby championship campaign with a 40-14 victory over the Wallabies in a season that provided more questions, perhaps, than answers. But following the Ireland series and loss and inconsistency of performances against South Africa and Argentina, Ian Foster's men found a way to string together three wins in a row. It was enough to sneak home by a point in the uh, rugby championship their eighth and ten years of the competition, and, of course, to lock away the Bledisloe Cup again. So where to from here? With us now is Stuff's senior sports writer, Mark Hinton, who I think it's fair to say has uh, followed the All Blacks uh, more closely than uh, anyone else in the country. Mark, good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, noted your appraisal, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. In fact, I think you were just a little bit generous. I might have gone B-minus. Um, yeah. I think that from where they, where they were, it was a, it was a, it was probably between a C and a D, but uh, um, so a positive finish. But um, there's still question marks, isn't there, Smithy? Still question marks over these All Blacks. There are, Mark, and I probably would have given it a B minus, but I'm still a little bit, um, uh, I guess, excited at the prospect of continuation after I think was what's probably their best performance, which they say for last on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, Potentially, I mean, in many ways, Hamilton was more complete uh, in terms of an expression of their talent um, on a tricky old night. Uh, but you probably think of the Wallabies and uh, being a more competitive opponent um, at Eden Park, and, and the way they put them away was pretty clinical. So, uh, you know, those two performances, I think, were their were their. Probably their two best overall performances, but Alice Park, of course, was their signature performance for the year because it saved their coach's career. It did, and what it did do also is uh, confirm uh, the coaching setup going forward. Now, and uh, now that we've uh, we know Jason Ryan and Joe Smith will be very much a hands-on part of that. Are you happier? Oh, absolutely. Look, if you think about where the All Blacks. Um, you know, where they weren't performing on the back of that Ireland series. Look, the pack was was beaten to the punch, really, throughout, particularly those, well, those the, the second and the third test. There was real concerns there that we weren't getting the go forward up front and the punch up front, and the, you know, getting over the advantage line on anything resembling a consistent basis. And the attack was, you know, bereft of, of answers to Ireland's defensive schemes. Um, and, and Jason Ryan's come in and pretty quickly, um, along with a much-needed refresh of the front row, I mean, you, if, if you're looking at areas where the All Blacks um, really 
made a difference or really took a massive step up through this campaign, particularly the rugby championship one. The front row is fr- is absolutely top of your list. Um, the refresh there was absolutely important and 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 telling. You know, the two young props, Ethan De Groot and Terrell Lomax, they weren't even picked in July. They weren't even in that squad. Now they're the starting unit and they're young guys that are getting better each test. So that's important. And Samasone Takeo, what a find. It's not so much a find because he was in the squad last year, but to, to be promoted into the um, starting role and, you know, the main, he's now the main hooker, absolutely, without doubt. Um, you know, absolutely the big mover of the year, Smithy. So that, that's been important. And then you look at, um, you know, just the overall way the pack performed so much better than July. And then the backline attack, you know, the line breaks they're now making, the deft little kicks that are now part of their repertoire, they've all been added since Joe Schmidt came on board. Um, or around about that time anyway. So um, definitely, um, Smitty, those two guys have helped round out the coaching team. I think Ian Foster um, is much more comfortable now because he's got deputies that are getting the job done. So make no mistake, Ian Foster's kind of, I guess, the sense that he's taken a step up as a coach that's been helped by the addition of those two quite able deputies. Mark, I think one of the reasons why people have been frustrated with Ian Foster is that it appears from time to time He's been quite stubborn over a few issues and, and unrelenting, one of which is the captaincy with Sam Kane. Uh, the other is uh, just the unwillingness, it seems, to play uh, Will Jordan in what people perceive as being his rightful position at 15, and also his reluctance to perhaps uh, see what Geordie Barrett was made of in one of the problem areas, number 12. Uh, well, those guys are sort of answering the questions on his behalf now. Absolutely. Look, yeah, you, the first two, he hasn't really gone there yet with Will Jordan, although I think he was intending to um, in the back part of the test match on Saturday, but then, of course, Jordan got injured. So um, we'll never know whether he was going to push him back to fullback there in a bit of a backline reshuffle over the last quarter. Um, but he did hint at it at his Thursday presser. Um, and, yeah, with... Um, with, um, you know, Sam Kane's captaincy. I think we just have to live with that. You know, Dalton Papali is a pretty good alternative. I think he put in 18 tackles in that test on Saturday night. Incredible defensive shift from him. I mean, you know, the All Blacks don't lose anything, but I think Ian Foster's committed to Sam Kane. So, you know, he, he is a good player when he gets it right and, and, and a solid leader. And I think you touched on it in your sermon. And, and, and Sam Whitelock and Adi Savir, he has two absolutely outstanding deputies who, most importantly, are on top of their game. Look, I'm a, I was the first to wonder, ask questions about Sam Whitelock last year, Smithy. Uh, in November, I thought he looked tired. I thought he looked past his best. I thought he looked, you know, um, almost ready ready for the retirement village. But um, what a return he's made in 2022. I think Sam Wadlock's been one of the stories of this All Black season, uh, the way he's revived his career. And Adi Savir's just metronomic consistency. Just never mm. has a bad test. And such an important figure in these All Blacks. They missed him in Melbourne. They really did. You know, that. what we can't forget is, is, is even though it goes down as a W, that was, you know, that was in, in reality a loss. Uh, it really was that close and, and, and the All Blacks only got out of jail on a, on a really bizarre call at the end of the game. So I don't think they've answered all their questions. Um, um, getting back to your original point there, Smitty, he finally played Geordie at 12. I think we all wanted to have a look at it 
and it shows you there is a reluctance from Ian Foster to maybe try these things. Um, but his, when he's done it, they've proved success. He brought in the young props. It was a success. He's moved Geordie to 12. It was a success. He decided finally to go with Richie Moanga as his 10. I think that's been a success, although... You know, it's intriguing. Bowden Barrett still has a massive part to play in these All Blacks. So, but the moves he's made have, have worked, and I think the Geordie Barrett one um, may be the most important of all because it's going to allow um, him to, first of all, fix the midfield, which I don't think was quite right, and it's also going to allow him to start Bowden Barrett at 15. I know you'd like to see Will Jordan there, but I think you're having, having Bowden Barrett, mm. Geordie Barrett, Will Jordan all on the field together is, a, is, is at the moment the Ian Foster recipe going forward. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there, um, of course, and uh, Richie Moonga uh, inside them, which means inside Richie Moonga, Aaron Smith, has he answered uh, any questions from your point of view? Would you like to see a little bit of experimentation there in the starting role? Well, I think, uh, yeah, no, I think he has. I, I, you know, his delivery on Saturday was, again, right on point, um, and it he lacks a dimension, I guess. The critics will say, Smithy, he's you know he's not really a running threat. He doesn't he doesn't look to take the ball you know as much as people would perhaps like just to keep defences honest. But his passing is is, is the best in the world. Um, there's no one that can lay a, a flat, you know, accurate, fast pass on like Aaron Smith can. And and and, and you know when they're going forward, that becomes absolutely vital. So I, I think he has. And I think part of it, Smithy, is there just isn't a compelling alternative yet. Falafa Katava, who's a young man with extraordinary talent, um, has had very few chances, and they went cold on him pretty early uh, this year, like they have on one or two others. So we haven't seen, you know, whether he's capable and he looks a little way off. And then you have the likes of Finn Christie and Brad Weber, who's not quite in the squad at the moment. Uh, we know what they bring, but they're not Aaron Smith, not quite Aaron Smith. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think he has done enough to hold that position. And I think, um, you know, I think they're going to stick with him through the through the World Cup cycle. And he will get the job done, even though he's just a little bit one-dimensional. Mark, after all uh, the talk about uh, Roger Tuovasa-Shek, and now we've seen what Geordie can do at 12, um, Roger Tuovasa-Shek came on I think with about nine and a half minutes to go which added to the ten he had in Wellington uh, I, I don't think he touched the ball from memory, I think he made two or three tackles but I don't think he got his hands on the ball where are we here with this in all honesty, it's, it's about time we've got to make up our mind there don't we because it's a valuable squad member um, and is he is he going to get a go in 12 on the back of what you've just seen with the, the likes of Harvey and Leonard Brown to come back no, I think he's surplus to requirements. I really do, um, and it, it's unfortunate. And I, I guess there will be a call to say let's not judge him yet because we still haven't seen enough. Um, all we've really seen is, is is a Super Rugby campaign with the Blues, which was which was okay. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, he's a stepper. He's a, he's a threat. Um, but there are other aspects to the twelve game that you know he just hasn't proven himself yet. And uh, I understand Ian Foster's reluctance to throw him in the middle, and particularly as these test matches um, this year have all carried so much on them. They've all meant so much. I mean, there's been no real, I guess, what you would call um, dead rubbers or, or games that you might want to experiment because you know everything's been so important because of those losses that have started the season. So he hasn't been able to. We haven't been able to look at him and you know under the real microscope of the, of the test match arena and you know the kicking game, the defensive presence. 
um, you know, the, the strong carry, I guess, that, that the likes of a Geordie Barrett, um, uh, you know, uh, do bring on a consistent basis. You just wonder whether he's got that. We know how good he is on his feet. We know, um, you know, how, how what a nice little unloader, offloader he is. Um, but has he got those other skills? Look, we just don't know yet, do we? And we need to see more. And it doesn't look promising. Anton Leonard-Brown is about to return to the field, I believe. Um, so... Um, he, you know, he uh, that just adds to the mix, adds to the midfield, I guess. Um, uh, and, and you have to think, at best, George, um, Anto, uh, sorry, Roger Tuivasa-Shek, he's number four in the number 12 rankings, if you think about David Harvili, Quintu Paia, and now Julie Barrett being ahead of him. So does he make the World Cup squad? It doesn't look like it, does it? He has to make a big move, and is he going to be able to do enough, I guess, to surpass those guys? Major, major question marks. Comments over the weekend, uh, Mark, from uh, Stuart Barnes, who's now a former England player, of course, but also uh, a journalist now. Um, we seem to, when he speaks, we seem to take notice of it, and he seems to think uh, the uh, Northern Hemisphere sides will not be frightened by this all-black side. No, nor should they be. Well, well, what have they done? I mean, they're what, five and four for the year, and probably, as we touched on, should be four and five. So it's not a record that should should scare anybody. They're they're beatable. They're fallible. They've yet to really that you know through this campaign. Although you, we talked about those three wins on the trot, they're still yet to put together back to back quality performances. And I emphasize the word quality there. Mar- Marvel Stadium was not a quality performance, losing an eighteen point lead in the final quarter. So. Um, no, there's nothing to scare the North. I think France and Ireland are still the two best teams in the world, and I think I think in- England and South Africa, at their best, probably still sit above. Um, and I say at their best, I think you know the All Blacks are probably on a par with those two teams. Um, but when those two teams are at their best, you know that you wouldn't you, you wouldn't necessarily you know put the mortgage on the All Blacks beating them. So um, I think um, they've improved. There's no doubt about that. They're a lot better now than they were uh, in July. But are they, you know, back to the very best team that they need to be to win a World Cup? No, no, it's still a work in progress, and that's maybe why November, November, and those three tests to finish on: Wales, Scotland, England. If you think about maybe a World Cup quarterfinal, semi-final, final, they need to go three and zero. I think to make a statement to finish the year in style and to set themselves up for World Cup year. They need to win those three games, and that last one's going to be awfully difficult. Mark, just uh, away from the international side of things, uh, Super Rugby's 2023 draw was uh, announced on Sunday. Highlanders going back to Invercargill for the first time in uh, around three years. Um, and also Fiji and Drua having uh, at least six home games in Fiji next season. Um, Moana Pacifica taking a game to Samoa, so... It's starting to, to go uh, and expand a wee bit geographically as much as anything else. What does the future look like uh, after after this forthcoming year with the negotiations, etc.? Yeah, well, that's the big question, Mark, isn't it? Can New Zealand and Australia find a common ground? And really, Smithy, you and I both know it. That comes down to New Zealand ceding some money to to the Australians on the broadcasting revenue front because um, there's an imbalance at the moment. The Australians don't like it. New Zealand's kind of of a mind that, you know, we earn it, we should be able to keep it. And they have to find a, um, you know, they they have to find a compromise, really, a way to work forward because we want to see this competition continue. I think they've set some pretty promising seeds were sown last year 
And you talk about those games up in uh, Fiji and one game in Apia, not enough, I think. I'd like to see that at least doubled. I'd like to see uh, Moana go up into the Pacific for at least two home games. But uh, I think that will be part of their future. Um, that, to me, is, is, is almost the most exciting thing about this competition, adding that that extra element. I mean, going to win, to, going to play the Fijian and Drua up in Lautoka or wherever they hold their games, um, it's going to be a massive ask for the six teams that have to do it next year. And, and, and as the, as you know, as those two expansion teams kind of bed in and become, I guess, even even more formidable and even more challenging. Um, but you know, those matches are going to be kind of signature games in this competition because they're going to add an extra layer of complexity and difficulty. So, it's an exciting comp, I think. You know, I'm not sure about the eight teams in the finals when you had a team like the Hollanders getting in last year with a four and ten record. I just think that that bar's a little bit low. Maybe they'll look at that in the future, but I get that they want as many finals games as possible. So there's perhaps some tweaks they can make, but I'm excited if those expansion teams can continue to be as competitive as they were in year one, Smithy. I think it's a good competition, and, and, and it all comes down to them. New Zealand and Australia, look, we're rivals, but we're mates as well, and, and they have to find a way to be mates in the boardroom. They have to find a way to agree on this, because uh, as much as... Um, we might have our own sort of individual inclinations, shall we say. We need each other. We need. We really need each other in the modern rugby world if we have any hope of keeping hope with the, of keeping pace with the North. And I think I think you probably realise that too, Smithy. Yep, I do. I do, Mark. Uh, thank you so much for uh, your time this morning, uh, as you've always been available to us uh, throughout this. Uh, uh, calendar year of rugby. I hope that continues as we uh, look forward to the prospects of a team naming to travel north uh, and in those games coming up there, mate. Thank you very much for your time, as always, Mark. Appreciate it. No worries, Smithy. Go well. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.